And we're back after a quick break in our first episode, the first part of our episode on the glory of God. We were talking about how God manifests his glory. And we said, by way of review, he manifested it in his creation. Psalm 19, 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. Number two, he manifested his glory in Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verse 1, um, he was the word. And in John 1, 14, it says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So he, he manifested his glory in his creation. He manifested his glory in his Christ. And then he communicated to us his glory uh, in telling us how to pray the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 13, which, which ends with, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So when we pray, we are supposed to give God glory. And supposed to do it because it's his glory forever. And then we saw how uh, God showed his gl glory in Jesus Christ in, the, in his compassion. In John chapter 11, when, uh, when Lazarus, his friend, uh, was sick. And Jesus didn't come back to town to do anything about it. But he had a reason for it. Because he knew Lazarus was going to die. And Lazarus did die. And when Jesus came back... And uh, Lazarus's sister said, if you'd been here, we, he wouldn't have died. If you want to read that in John chapter 11, that whole chapter. And he said, and he told her, he said, this was done That's so right. that you could see my glory. And he said, and then he t went to the grave of Lazarus. They rolled back the stone. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus was raised from the dead. Still bound in his grave clothes. That's right. And isn't that amazing? And so, and so why, did, uh, why did Jesus do it this way? So that people could see the glory. the glory of God and see what was going to happen to Jesus. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I yeah, love they this They were word. still surprised when they... Yeah, yeah. Well, well, what happened to Jesus? He was whipped, whipped and whipped. Do you think it, that didn't make him sick? He was hanging on the cross. You think that didn't make him sick? Didn't make, give him pain? And then and then he died there. And he was taken and, and put in a, in a tomb. And, and a, a stone was rolled upon in front of the door. And soldiers were put there to guard the tomb. So the, the Jews couldn't come in and steal his body and and. and and have a fake resurrection, which nobody saw. Whoa. But Jesus was raised from the dead. And so we see, um, we see his glory. Uh, um, we saw his glory. We, we, would see, we could see his glory in the comportment of believers. Whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Um, we saw that in 1 Corinthians 10.31. And if you hadn't listened to our first episode, and also 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 17. We do things, we're to do things to give glory to God and to show forth God's glory to other people. You know what? 
the best thing a Christian can do is to have a good, visible, personal, purposeful testimony before other people. You can do that with the way you work. You can do that with, with the way you live in your house. You can do that. You, you can do it that way by your testimony to your neighbors, which I've done. They're not saved yet, but they've got their gospel and they've, and they see my testimony. And I got to make sure since I've already talked about Christ, that my testimony <laughs> is always proper in their eyes. And so God manifests his glory to other people by our comportment. That is how you and I, as believers, live. Now, God is going to reveal his glory fully when Jesus comes again. We read the verses from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, Matthew 16, verse 27, Matthew 19, verse 28. Matthew 25, 31, all which talk about uh, the glory in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Curtis, before we go to our next item about where uh, the glory of God is manifested, uh, I'm going to give a real quick overview of the uh, order of prophetic events. Okay. The next event, the next prophetic event in the history and in the future is going to be the rapture of the church. First Corinthians chapter 10 verses 50, excuse me, first Corinthians chapter 15 verses uh, 51 and following second Thessalonians chapter four is first Thessalonians chapter four verses 13 through 18. And that's talks about the rapture of the church. That's the next thing that's going to happen. Then after a period of time, and by the way, that's when he takes believers home with him. Living believers and believers who had already died, all of us will be raised again, get a new body and be with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the rapture of the church. The next thing on the prophetic scale is, uh-oh, a lot of people don't know this. The return of the Jews en masse to Israel. If you listen, if you read Ezekiel chapters 35 through the end, you will see that Israel is going to be back in the land fully. Now they started in 1947, but that's that's not what Ezekiel had in mind. Israel will be fully in the land. And by the way, uh, right after their return, uh, they will be invaded by Russia. Ezekiel 38, 39, Gog and Magog, they come in from the north. What's north of Israel? The biggest nation there is Russia. And so the Russians will come and, and ravage Israel. And then, uh, and, and by the way, uh, the, the Russians will lose. Yes. Whether they win or lose in Ukraine, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, they're going to lose when they go to a, a battle God's elect nation, Israel. And when after they're defeated, then Jesus Christ will return to earth. And he will come back to earth to set up his millennial kingdom. And so that's his royal kingdom is next after that. That's right. By the way, 
right at the end of that thousand years, there will be the release of Satan from hell. And he'll go out to try and uh, win some uh, more people. One last shot. And he's going to get his rear end kicked. And he's going to be locked in hell forever. And by the way, so will you be if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But I'm just telling you how these uh, prophetic things. Okay, then there's going to be there's going to be a regeneration of the earth. There will be a new heavens and a new earth. Does that mean that it's a possibility for eternity that we might be living on earth? I think it's a possibility that we can go from heaven to earth because there will be a new earth. Right. Yeah, and there will be no sin on it. It'll be a new heavens. It'll be a new earth. Oh, that leads me to our scripture. Ready? I'm ready. Another way that God manifests his glory is in his city. Now, you knew that it had to begin with a C, right? Of course. Because all the other points did. Of course. Yeah, right. So in his city. That's your modus operandi. Yeah, that's the way we do things. Isn't that what you said, though? Okay. Okay. Oh, boy. Revelation 21. Let's begin. Re- I, I got to read this whole thing, Curtis, because uh, if I don't, uh, it doesn't make sense. John, the uh, Apostle John uh, was in this spirit. And he was and he was given this revelation, which he wrote down 20, 22 chapters. We've already done a uh a series of podcasts on Revelation. But here's what John said. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, saw, and I John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. This is coming, folks. This is coming. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And that's why we read a lot of scriptures in our podcasts. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, Omega. The beginning and the end I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. And he's talking about believers that return to heaven. I mean, from heaven to earth with Jesus Christ. Okay. But the fearful and the unbelieving. Oh, oh, watch out, folks. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers and the sorcerers and idolaters, by the way, they're the ones that change the glory of God into another creature. The idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, 
which is the second death. There came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. Folks, that's us who are believers. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Wow, Curtis. We're going to see that. There's going to be a new city. There's going to be a holy city. My goodness, it's amazing. And then he goes on to say this. And by the way, if you want to read the rest of the chapter, the whole description of this holy city is just amazing. Really I, I'm going to do a series on it one of these days if I can take it all in. But it says this, verse 11, Revelation chapter 1. Uh, the city of holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. <laughs> and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone clear as crystal. And so God will manifest his glory in this new city, in these new heavens and on the new earth, where, where there will be no sin, tears will be wiped away, there won't be any more pain, there won't be any more whoremongers, idolaters, or anything like that. And that's going to be when this city comes down <laughs> at the end of the millennium and, and the new Jerusalem is set up and it will manifest totally completely, wonderfully, the glory of God. Man, I'd like to keep on going. I got two more points. Okay. Okay. They'll both begin with C. Number eight, God's glory is manifested in our confession. Oh, my goodness. Now, he's not talking about that confession of sins in a booth someplace in a church building. That's not what he's talking about. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to go into detail with that because it'd take me too long and I'd tick somebody off and I don't want to. I want to give you the truth. Okay. Chapter two of Philippians. Uh, it says, um, um, talking about when Jesus came, uh, in verse verse one, if there be any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, of any bowels of mercies, fulfill you my joy that ye may be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. And he talks about how we're to behave ourselves as Christians. In verse three, he says, "Let each esteem other better than themselves." Uh, in verse five, he said, "Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus." Uh, it says here that uh, he made himself in verse seven of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Uh, he's talking about way, the way we're supposed to be here on earth. And he says, and then he says, uh, being found 
in fashion as a man, this is in verse 8, Philippians 2, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And the most often used cursing is used when people use the blasphemy and blasphemy the name Jesus Christ. It's terrible. God has given him a name which is above every name. And it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in the earth, and things under the earth. And here we come. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised thee from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's Romans chapter 10, verse 9. But every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. One more verse, I think. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Okay. Paul said, if you can, I'll begin reading in verse 23 of Colossians chapter 1. It says, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh, for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister, to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fill to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery, which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now, by the way, now is now. And he was talking about this present generation from the cross on, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known was what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let me ask you something. Have you confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God? Have you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth have you believed and told somebody that you believe? Have you done that? You bring God the glory if you do. He has manifested his glory in the same ground that you walk on, ride on, sit on, spit on, plant grass seed on, 
in his creation. He's manifested his glory in his Christ, the son who was made flesh and dwelt among us. He's manifested his glory in his communication of the Lord's prayer. He's, he's manifested his compassion in raising his friend Lazarus from the dead to show his glory and also to give a prophecy of his coming death, burial, and resurrection. He, he, has, he has manifested his glory in the comportment of believers if you do what the Bible said. Whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. He's manifested his glory in his holy city, which is going to descend from heaven and alight on the new heaven and the new earth. And Curtis, which you and I, our friend Lucas, who's going to teach tonight, our friend J.B. Hickson is going to teach on Tuesday, and everybody who's a believer in Jesus Christ will participate in that wondrous, wondrous event and live in that glorious city. But he's also manifested his glory in our confession. Curtis, you and I have to have a, have a good confession before men yeah, because we claim the name of Jesus Christ. We do. We yeah, do. Yes. Do we still sin? Yes. I'm sorry. We still do. Do our listeners still sin? Yes, they still do. For all of sin to come short of the glory of God. Well, God bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And he did that to give us, to give us God's glory, a God's glory, which we can attain by confessing the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving him as our Lord and Savior and, and then uh, displaying his glory to a lost and dying world. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Have you believed? Have you confessed with your mouth, the Lord Jesus? Have you told someone else? Do you believe that God would make known to every others what are his riches in of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory? Confess, believe, confess, tell others, and live like it. Folks, that's the summation of the glory of God. You either have it or you don't. It's our wish, it's our desire, it's our hope that as we've done these podcasts, that someone will come to a, a saving faith, a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that they can go to heaven, but before that, pass along that faith to someone else, a relative, a friend. That's our desire. Shall we close in prayer? God, our Father, we thank you so, so much for your glory thank you so much thank you for the so great salvation that you've given to us freely by your grace and for your glory 
Help us to manifest that glory to a lost and dying world. And even to a weak and faltering church. To anybody who's listening. We thank you for this wonderful privilege to give this your wonderful, precious, holy, soul-saving gospel. We pray that you would give us fruit for our labor as we give given an invitation today. And we'll be careful to give you the honor and, yes, the glory. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.